0: There is power in understanding why we feel the way we do. So in today's episode, let's talk about the neuroscience of jealousy. Only here on the People's Scientist podcast. Hello, my People Scientist Army, and welcome back to the People Scientist Podcast for episode 105. 105 episodes. I feel like this is another great mini milestone. Every week on this podcast, it is my goal to teach us all something new so that we can become a little bit smarter and maybe a little bit healthier with every episode. How are you doing today? Thank you for inviting me into your day. I often think about what you might be doing as you are listening to the show. Are you at work? Are you on your commute somewhere? Perhaps doing your laundry? Recently, some of you told me that you would be listening to the podcast while on a road trip, which I think is so cool that you are taking me with you on your road trip. So thank you for that. Now, I wanted to take a little side note and say that I'm going to change things up a little bit on the podcast. During the summer months, I've noticed that the number of listens drops down quite a bit, probably because we are all enjoying our time outdoors, doing fun activities. So I will be taking a bit of a holiday, so to speak, from the podcast. But not to worry, I will still be posting content on my social media pages like Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and TikTok even though I won't be producing podcast episodes for a bit. I think some quick tidbits of information on social media will be a a more convenient avenue for me to share some scientific evidence with all of you over the summer months as we are out and about a little bit more. But not to worry, I will still be doing the podcast. So next week is Memorial Day weekend, so I was planning on taking a break from the podcast between Memorial Day and the 4th of July. So I plan to come back here for episode 106 On July 11th. So if you don't already follow me on social media, perhaps consider doing so so you can get your insights from the People Scientist during the month of June as I take a break from the podcast. So now that I have given you a little update, what are we talking about today? I thought it would be super interesting to talk about the neuroscience of jealousy. Jealousy is such a complex emotion. Sometimes it is viewed as feeling good or motivating or that it can cause stress and negative emotions. So what is the neuroscience and psychology behind jealousy? Let's find out. So as we always do, let's start off with some core takeaways. It has been said by many experts that jealousy is the least studied emotion, that we do not have a very good understanding or study of it. From what we know, it is thought that jealousy arises from having a threatened self-esteem and having a threatened social bond. So if something or someone may cause our self-esteem to decrease, this could induce a feeling of jealousy. If someone or something threatens our valued relationships, this could induce a feeling of jealousy. So, is jealousy something out of our control? Is it in the hands of our genetics and evolution? Or is jealousy a learned and conditioned response that we developed throughout our life? I personally think based on the evidence that our initial feeling of jealousy is somewhat rooted in our survival mechanisms as a result of our neurochemicals. But how we respond to that feeling of jealousy, our secondary emotion, I think that that is a learned, conditioned choice. Often our secondary emotion or response to jealousy is anger, aggression, whether that be physical aggression or social aggression or sadness. But what scientists haven't really talked about is how we may use jealousy to fuel us. Why don't we surround ourselves with people that are better than us at particular things? If we feel jealous or threatened by that, let's use that as a motivation to be better. I think it is possible to condition ourselves to that, that we can choose to recondition ourselves. If we experience a pang of jealousy, We could choose to make ourselves better for it rather than bring ourselves and others down. We can do this with a technique called affect labeling, which essentially is us labeling our emotions and and determining what is causing us to feel this way. Affect labeling may be an effective strategy because it brings online our critical thinking brain regions and helps reduce the activity of brain regions involved in negative emotions. So now let's get into those details our emotions are thought to exist because they serve some adaptive or survival purpose that is emotions are designed to increase the success of us being able to meet a specific challenge for us to be able to survive like we may express happiness when we are around our friends and family that support us that feeling of happiness is a result of dopamine being released in brain reward regions of our brain. Now, this exists in order to reinforce that yes, being around supportive family and friends is good. Because if we are alone, we are less likely to be able to handle life's challenges and less likely to survive. There's a greater chance of survival when we surround ourselves with supportive people because they can offer protection, help with acquiring resources increasing the ability for reproduction, etc. Hence, this emotion of happiness is thought to exist in order to ensure our ability to survive, reinforcing things to help us survive. In contrast, negative emotions exist in order to prevent us from being exposed to something bad, from deterring us from a situation. The most well-recognized negative emotion in this regard is fear. Our brain is designed to fear things that might be a threat to our survival, so if we accept the idea that our emotions exist to help us survive, then what is the purpose of jealousy? Many scientists have asked this question. Most researchers agree that jealousy functions to evoke responses designed to address relationship threats. Most researchers also agree that the feeling of jealousy is quite aversive and best described as a combination or blend of anger, anxiety, betrayal, and hurt. Most times, jealousy is studied in the context of romantic relationships. However, jealousy can be applied to any social relationship, whether that be among friends, co-workers, or family. If you value a relationship, if someone offers you or what you're able to offer them, and someone threatens that relationship or what you're able to offer each other, that could result in jealousy. Through scientific research, scientists realize that the most common secondary response to this initial feeling of jealousy is anger, a lowered self-esteem, and aggression. It can either result in physical aggression, which seems to occur more commonly in the male sex or gender, and it can also result in indirect or social aggression. And unfortunately, we've probably all experienced indirect or social aggression. So indirect aggression can also be referred to as social aggression. It is a form of social manipulation where the aggressor might influence others around them to attack the person that they feel threatened by. For example, let's say you're at work and a new employee is hired who is brilliant, particularly they're brilliant in the area that you are an expert in. Jealousy is a result of our role or position being threatened whether that be in romantic relationships, friendship, or work. So for example, in this scenario, if we felt jealous, we might want to respond by talking badly, ruining their reputation, or just damaging it a little bit in a way to secure our own. That would obviously be a very negative response to this feeling of jealousy. Let's say in another example, let's say in a friendship, that uh, us and our friend, that we have a special bond because we offer each other Something that the other wants or needs. Like we offer our friend adventure by being a great travel companion. And they, for us, offer us being a confidant. Someone that we can share our innermost thoughts with. So this is a valued friendship. But let's say now another person joins our friendship circle. And they happen to be an even better travel companion. Because they know all the great places and have better resources to travel. As a result, we may experience jealousy because now this new person is offering our best friend an even better version of what we have given them. So how will we respond? Will we feel bad about ourselves? Will we feel angry? Will we choose to be socially aggressive and talk badly about them behind our back? Or will we choose to respond in a more positive light? So this begs the question, are we in control of our feelings of jealousy Or are they a result of our genetics and neurochemistry? I think that this initial feeling of jealousy that we may feel, like in these example scenarios I gave, are somewhat out of our control, as they seem to be innate. They seem to be ingrained in our genetics and our survival mechanisms, that we want to have this social support system. And anything that may threaten that may threaten our ability to survive and be happy. So let me go into detail as to how, to a certain extent, this might be out of our control. For example, Takeshi in 2006 conducted a functional MRI study where they induced feelings of jealousy in men and women, and they scanned their brains to see which brain regions were involved. Intriguingly, men and women had different brain region activity in response to this jealousy. Men tended to exhibit more lower brain primary process brain arousal, like the amygdala and the hypothalamus while the women exhibited more neocortical arousal by the posterior STS, or the superior temporal sulcus, or the angular gyrus. This finding suggests that the women tended to take a more cognitive, deliberate stance to the jealousy, whereas the men may have taken a more physical, emotionally driven response. Of course, this is not always the case, as men and women can have both responses, but it is interesting to see a different pattern of brain activity between men and women in response to jealousy. Does this potentially explain why men are more likely to exhibit physical aggression, whereas women are more likely to exhibit social indirect aggression? Perhaps. Scientists suspect that these differences exist because men may innately exhibit mate guarding, whereas females exhibit jealousy due to social investment or the amount of time and effort that they put into a relationship. We also have an understanding in the neuroscience of jealousy based on, sadly, patients who have had brain injuries. For example, Richardson in 1991 described morbid jealousies from right hemisphere brain damage. Following diffuse stroke-induced brain damage, individuals exhibited sustained beliefs and accusations that their spouses or sexual partners were being unfaithful although they had not exhibited jealousy or paranoid personality traits prior to that accident, injury, or stroke. So with studies such as this, we have an understanding that our brain, whether we are male or female or our genetics, it could potentially determine our feelings of jealousy. And even though I think that this is true, that our feelings of jealousy are somewhat out of our control, that they are innate survival mechanisms, that How often we may feel jealous can be up to us. For example, Arnaki published an interesting study in 2012 in the journal Personal Relationships. The scientists had surveyed 528 women in romantic relationships. The scientists asked the women how often they compare themselves and their attractiveness to others. Their emotions in their relationships, their feelings of jealousy, their aggression toward their partner, etc., the scientists learned that the more the women compared themselves to other women, the more social aggression they showed toward their partner and others. So simply put, if we feel jealous often, perhaps we can consider how often we compare ourselves to others and realize that this comparison is fueling our jealousy and aggression. We can then choose to take steps to reducing our comparisons like less time on social media, which is something that I go into detail back in episode 94, how social media creates an environment of social comparison, and that does not always lead to good emotions. So even though our initial feelings of jealousy are somewhat controlled by our neurochemistry, our survival mechanism, I think that in some way we can control how often we feel that way, but also the secondary emotions, our response to that feeling of jealousy, whether that is anger, sadness, or aggression, I would argue is more so in our control. Our How we respond to jealousy is likely a result of our upbringing, our life experience, our self-esteem, how much we value that relationship, and how secure we feel in that relationship. But I think that we can condition ourselves to respond positively to that feeling of jealousy. So in this example scenario I gave, where a new person threatens our role as a best friend by being a better travel companion, instead of us responding with social aggression, instead of us responding by talking badly about them behind our back or by feeling sad or angry, what if we looked at this feeling of jealousy as a motivator? What if we decided that having two great friends was better than one? What if we decided that this person could motivate us to be a better friend through different ways? What I mean is, if this new person was a threat because they were a better travel companion than us, then we could choose to work on other attributes of being a good friend. Like we could choose to work on our listening skills, our thoughtfulness, our conversation skills, etc. This approach could make us a better valued friend, thereby securing our position as a friend in this social circle. That would also obviously create an environment of self-improvement. So we can choose to rework how we respond to certain emotions. This also comes down to the logical versus emotional balance of our brain. For example, back in episode 57, I talk about the power of emotional intelligence. One of the things I focused upon in this episode is affect labeling. What I mean by that is labeling our emotions, saying, I feel sad because... I feel angry because, I feel jealous because, and being very specific. This is a powerful skill or exercise as it turns on the logical, critical thinking part of our brain, which just so happens to inhibit the emotional part of our brain. And I go into the details of this in episode 57, how there was a meta-analysis that pulled together hundreds of clinical trials where... They imaged the brains of individuals while they felt a certain emotion like fear or happiness. And the scientists asked the participants to do affect labeling, to label their emotions and to describe specifically why they think they felt this way. The scientists realized that the logical part of our brain, like the prefrontal cortex, is often in a tug-of-war with the emotional part of our brain, like the amygdala. Being more logical can help us cope with our emotions making our emotions less salient, less powerful. But interestingly, they noted that this happened to be specific to negative emotions like fear and anger and sadness. However, if we label our positive emotions like I feel happy because, it actually tends to do the opposite and enhance those positive emotions. Like the concept of gratitude, making us stop and think about what makes us happy can make us happier. But if we stop and think about why we might feel sad, that could make us feel less sad. So it's a win-win situation. So the reason I bring up affect labeling from episode 57 is because this technique may help us cope with our feelings of jealousy. If we stop and ask ourselves, do I feel jealous? And what is making me feel jealous? Why do I feel jealous? Then if we can stop and think how we can act in this scenario for the best outcome, So for example, instead of talking badly about this person behind our back because they're a threat to us, let's embrace what they bring to the group and make ourselves better in other facets of our life. When I was reading about the neuroscience of jealousy, scientists have put a lot of emphasis on jealousy resulting in negative behaviors like aggression. But rather than focus upon that aspect of jealousy, I really would like to focus on the potential upside. Can we look at it as a way to be better? For example, have you heard of this saying, you never want to be the smartest person in the room? Because if you are the smartest person in the room all the time, who is challenging you? Who is your role model? Who is your goal? Who are you going to learn from? Who is pushing you to be better? So if we come across someone that we perceive as better than us in some form, jealousy as an innate response may occur, but what we choose to do with that emotion, I think, to a certain extent is our choice. So let's use affect labeling, let's be logical, and let's respond by saying I can be better because this person is motivating me to do so. So that is a wrap my people scientist army, army the neuroscience of jealousy. Jealousy is the least studied and understood human emotion. It is intrinsically linked to social bonding and the value that social bonds offer and how another person might threaten that valued relationship. The female versus male brain seems to respond differently to feelings of jealousy. Scientists believe this is due through evolution, that men may respond with aggression to protect mate pairing, and women may respond through more cognitive processes because of the social investment they have put into a relationship. Although this is very likely true for many, there is likely to be overlap for these emotions and feelings across men and women to display both. Our initial feeling of jealousy may somewhat be out of our control because it is rooted in somewhat of an innate survival response, but how we respond to that feeling of jealousy, we can be conditioned to change. One strategy to gain control of how we respond to this emotion of jealousy is called affect labeling, where we stop and try to label our emotion and ask ourselves why we feel this way. If we can understand why we feel this way, it can help us to respond to the situation more positively. Like in the example scenario I gave, we felt jealous because this new person was better at the attribute that we offered our best friend by being a better travel companion. If we were able to pinpoint that as the cause of our emotion, of our feeling of jealousy, then we could either decide to embrace that and have another great travel companion friend because we love to travel, We can choose to try to improve in other aspects that we bring to the friendship, securing our position as a friend in that circle, and we can choose to be a better person as a result. So I hope that this episode was interesting for all of you. I know that it made me more cognizant of my emotions and how sometimes stopping and asking why we feel a certain way can help bring that logical thinking part of our brain online and can help us make better decisions. If you haven't already listened to episode 57, I encourage you to go back and give it a listen because it is a nice supplement to today's episode where I talk all about emotional intelligence. So as I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, I'm going to take a bit of a break or holiday from making the podcast episodes. I do plan to come back with another episode on July 11th. In the meantime, please make sure to follow me on social media because throughout the month of June, even though I'm taking a break from the podcast, I will still be posting on my social media. I plan to post some of the favorite things or best pieces of scientific evidence that I've shared throughout the 105 episodes. So I hope that you all have a wonderful month of June or whenever you are listening, I hope that you have a great rest of your day. And I look forward to meeting you all back here for another episode on July 11th. Bye for now. I am a scientist simply sharing scientific evidence. Some of the clinical interventions I discussed are not appropriate for everyone. Before making any changes to your diet or lifestyle, please do consult the advice of your physician or dietitian. My opinions expressed here do not necessarily reflect those of Mount Sinai Hospital and its affiliates.